Welcome to the Sick and Successful Podcast. If you're a business owner, work in corporate, or have a side hustle you're passionate about, you're going to want to stick around because I promise to ask the tough questions and talk about the things others shy away from. You know, what it's really like to own a business and be chronically ill. I'm going to give you that push you need towards following your dreams and be the friend you come back to week after week to talk about the real things in life and in business. If you have goals and are working towards them, if you're determined to be successful, no matter what life's obstacles get in the way, this podcast is for you. Dream big and tune in. Welcome back to the Sick and Successful Podcast. This is your host, Natalie Supes. I have a friend, a dear, dear friend on the podcast today. She is so amazing. I recently met her through Amanda, who was just on the podcast last week, and I can't wait to bring her on the show. She's got such a successful background in entrepreneurship and has been doing it for many, many years. She is a master of all things. And I can't wait for her to explain all the things that she does. Her name is Angie Lamround. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. I am so excited to be here. It's been so awesome to get to know you recently and kind of learn your story and all the things that you've got going on. Yes. So it's so cool. Angie and I met like last month, essentially through Amanda. And she's got such an amazing story that I actually don't know very much about. So I'm excited to get into it with this on this episode. And I thought it would be a great place to bring her so we could kind of explore her story in entrepreneurship and then also with health struggles. Let's start with what made you want to become an entrepreneur? How did that kind of begin for you? You know, I've always wanted to work. From the time that I was like 13 years old, I had my, even before that, I I was babysitting and doing odd jobs around my neighborhood. And I often would put on like lip syncing concerts in my backyard and charge the neighborhood to come and watch. So my entrepreneurial journey started really, really young because I didn't have a lot growing up. So everything and I, you know, I had a lot of desires and I wasn't afraid to go out and work for it. I have a grade 12 education. I took some side courses kind of along the way um, in advertising and promotions and media buying and stuff like that. But really, like I've just kind of been in the trenches and worked and always kind of tried to succeed within whatever industry I was in. But what was missing from that for me was flexibility. Mm. I have a real problem with rules. And, you know, I I see my vision very clearly. And if someone's in my way, and it doesn't make sense, you know, why they're in my way, you know, it just doesn't work for me. So I started freelancing, I've been freelancing on the side for as long as I can remember. And that's like what we think freelancing, um, just, you know, like from typing letters for people to, um, I learned how to do PowerPoint presentations. So I'd build PowerPoint presentations for people, all kinds of stuff, you know? Yeah. And then what took you to where you're at today? A series of different jobs. I worked in media. I worked in radio and television. I worked as a marketing assistant at Polar Park Mall. And then I was the in-store event marketing manager for 
the Sears version of Eaton's that was here. And I had to run up to three events, sometimes a day, all different kinds of things. So whether it was fashion events or if we're having a shoe sale, we do, I do like a shoe fashion show or, you know, cooking demos in our kitchen theater. Um, we did makeup events. We did lingerie fashion shows. You know, I had freeze models, mannequin models in the store. Um, we had music in the store. It was phenomenal, but it was short-lived. It was my favorite job I ever had. Yeah. And, you know, also kind of being a single mom at that time, I was also doing everything I could to side hustle and helping people with events and like volunteering on committees and stuff just so I could kind of network and get to know people. And then I worked at the jazz festival as a publicist and I'd never been a publicist before. They're like, okay, we'll, we'll teach you. That's where I met my husband. Uh, we worked together at the Jazz Fest for a couple years. And he went off and did another thing after the Jazz Fest. And then it just wasn't right. And he started freelancing. And I I was working at On Screen Manitoba at the time in film and television and attending events kind of all over the place, Sundance, uh, Toronto Film Festival, stuff like that. And it just kept my, uh, my side hustle was getting bigger. And so was Dave's. And so we thought, why don't we combine them and start a company? So that led us to, you know, naming our, the original name for our company was pop sports and entertainment. Cause we did do a little bit of work in sport initially, Yeah, but we were really entertainment is where our hearts are. And we started managing some talent. So we changed the name to pop entertainment and management. Love and it. we've been at it for a very long time. I, I honestly don't know how long because it just kind of morphed from like freelance to having this company. Uh. And uh, I've represented Michael Redhead Champagne for 11 years. Wow. I did manage bands for a while and recording artists but I've definitely moved away from that. We still do lots of entertainment and we book bands and piano players to play at the Winnipeg airport. We book music at the bomber game. So we still kind of, we still have our toe kind of dipped into the music yeah. world. My husband is an incredible stage manager. He's super hyper-organized. He does all of our contracts, invoicing. And on my side, I do a lot of the negotiation. I do a lot of the creative development. I, you know, on event days, I'm working with the people. He's working with the technicians, you know? So it's a really, really good balance. People often ask, like, how can you work and live together? Well, that was, that was my next question. <laughs> Find working with your husband, like, for that long. Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing. I think just because we both, we have such a, a good synergy yep. and I just know what he's doing. He knows what I'm doing and we just get it done. We kind of have oh. our, our lanes that we stay in and, you know, and we really love and respect each other as corny as that sounds. It's not without its challenges sometimes, of but course. you know, we really, we just really have a very big fondness for each other. And I, you know, I'm, I can't do what he, a lot of what he can do. He can't do what a, a lot of what I can do. So um, yeah, it just works. That's amazing. That's amazing. It's not very often that you hear someone who like works in the same place as their husband and then likes it at the same time. Awesome to hear. So you have this successful career, you love what you're doing. And then what happened a few years ago? Let's chat about that. 
Yeah, I was actually on a FaceTime with one of my music clients. And I just I felt very weird. I was losing my train of thought. And I felt very badly. I'm like, Jade, this is not like me. You know, I said, I I think I have to go lay down. I'm so, so sorry. I feel so unprofessional. But this there wasn't there was something that wasn't quite right. So I got off the phone with her. My husband kept taking his headphones off to because he knew I was on a call. So he put his headphones on and he took them off and he's like, are you okay? And I said, no, I'm not. And I sat down and I was like, I think I need to go to the doctor. And I couldn't, I wasn't able to get my words out. And he's like, maybe you should go to the hospital. And so this was right at the beginning of COVID, essentially, like COVID started in March, 2020. This was September, 2020. Um, My husband is severely immunocompromised. So he was scared to go to the hospital because of all the the sick people there. And so my daughter ended up taking me to the hospital and they took my blood pressure and immediately they admitted me. And within probably 20 minutes, I was in an ambulance going to HSC. Wow. Hospital here in Winnipeg. Yeah. And so they gave me a CT scan and they said that I'd had a stroke and I was so freaked out. Like I, I was like, what a stroke? Like it didn't even make sense to me. Mm. And my blood pressure, I guess had spiked so high and I had what's called a TI stroke. So it happens like deeper in the brain where the blood vessels are smaller. So I luckily didn't have any deficits physically, but it really affected my brain and my ability to communicate. I still have some trouble, especially when I'm tired. And I notice it probably more than other people. Sure. You know, even just a couple of seconds ago, I was just like, what are the words? What are the words? You know? Right. Um, yeah. But uh, I had to take a whole year off. I wasn't allowed to work. And that was very difficult. Yeah. Especially for someone who's been an entrepreneur since they were little. And I like working, right? Yeah. I, you know, I don't have a lot of other hobbies. <laughs> So, and I think that that's, that was always my, my thing. I just love, loved working and doing creative things. So thankfully though, it was in the pandemic and right. nothing was happening anyway. So I felt like I wasn't missing out on much. And so I took that time to do some deep soul work. Cause I yeah, and I guess really, for an entertainment business, there really wasn't any entertainment happening Luckily, luckily, my husband um, was able to continue working. He worked on a couple virtual conferences for some unions. So he was really busy. So we were actually okay. That's good. And Michael Champagne went virtual and he got a ton of work from companies that maybe couldn't afford to fly him out, but they could afford to host him virtually. So kind of that side of the business was fine. So I felt even better. Right time because I'm usually the one negotiating contracts and bringing in business so he was able to keep busy with that and we were okay but yeah it uh I was forced to take a time out and so this was two years ago three years ago first of all how did you kind of get back onto the like what what did that look like for you after the year was up and you had that time to settle and kind of focus on you and and heal a little bit what did it look like to get back into the swing of things I guess yeah you know I took the year and during that year I took advantage of the time to do a lot of reading and and work on my 
spiritual health, mm. my emotional health. And it was something that had been really neglected in my life. And through that time, I realized a lot of things <laughs> that I don't have to have to be so busy all the time, that there's some beauty in stillness and giving your brain some time to be quiet. Yeah. I processed a lot of old crap that had been, you know, kind of festering inside of me that I didn't realize was there. And I released and let go and, and ritualized a lot of those things. And so once I kind of came to the end of the year, I had this new kind of found peace. And I learned how to meditate. I was meditating twice a day. I'm not I'm not doing as good on the twice a day these days, but it's still a very big part of my life. And I never thought I could meditate. People would talk about it and I was kind of curious, but um, being in that group, in the container of these women that were also in this, this coaching program really helped me kind of be. Oh, so you joined a coaching program throughout it all? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. I did the great big journey with Steph Jagger and it was absolutely phenomenal. So some group coaching, some one-on-one coaching, my coach Shanna was just, just a gift and a bright light and yeah, it just helped me navigate kind of how to be more heart centered. Yeah. So when I make business decisions now, they're more connected to my heart and I'm not work because it's cool or it's, will make my company look good or, you know, if it just doesn't feel right, I don't do it. And, you know, sometimes it's hard to make those decisions when you're looking at the dollars and cents of it, but you know, you have an intuition for a reason Yeah. and trusting it has never steered me wrong. And I was going to say making decisions that are against my intuition generally always prove me wrong. Right. Literally. And I think it's something a lot of people don't fully like, maybe number one, understand at the beginning of a business journey, but also talk about because there's so many times where I literally just have to like sit down. And if you've never as a listener done this before is kind of figuring out what yes and no feels like in your body, like physically, what does it feel like? Because if you think of something that really excites you and that you want to do, like maybe it's going camping or maybe it's going to like, I don't know, a concert with your friends, the way that that feels to me is like, I feel lighter and expanded and excited and I smile and just like tingly and light. But then when you think of something you don't want to do, maybe it's like, I don't know, for me, it's like going to the hospital for a whatever, an IV or something, or, you know, seeing a doctor or whatever, the things that just I dread doing, I feel heavy, my shoulders feel heavy. The yeah. same things happen when you make business decisions, it might just be a little bit less, you know, it's not to the extreme of the ones that I just explained. But same thing for me is like, I know, in my body when it's a yes or no. And do I always listen? You know, sometimes logic or what I think is logic takes over. And then I'm shown quickly that <laughs> I yeah. should listen. But I literally was just on a call with another entrepreneur earlier today. And I'm like, this summer really for me is just chilling and going by the flow. And like, everything's just going into place with my business and the right people and the right seats and the right clients. And it's like, sometimes we just need to chill. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, it can be scary. And when something looks good on paper, you might try to talk yourself into it. Mm -hmm. But even if you don't know why, you know, I think that a lot of people and and me included, 
I've done this thing where I'm like, well, it looks good in paper. What am I, what am I afraid of? Yeah. You know, and I'll use that to kind of talk myself into it. And it's like, oh, oh, that wasn't the right decision. I was afraid of this actual opportunity because it was a bad decision. Right. You know, but now like I just, for myself and, and Michael Champagne, you know, I, opportunities will come in and I'll look at them and sometimes I'll say this doesn't feel right. And I don't know why, but it doesn't feel right. And Michael trusts me and I trust him and I'll sometimes present an opportunity to him and I'm not sure how I feel. And then he'll say, this is a no for me. I'm like, okay, it's a no, let's not do it. You know? And um, we've made some mistakes along the way that have taught us the lessons that that when we've done things that didn't feel right. And we're like, I knew it, it didn't feel right, but it just looks so good on paper. And so for me, it's almost like I get a surge that comes up for a yes. And then it's almost like nothing. It's almost like pushing down in my body for the no, like right from my gut. Yeah. It's so cool. And it takes time to figure out what that feels like and and to have the experiences to be like, okay, I was right. Another thing I kind of wanted to touch on is that you were a pretty young mom, right? Yeah, I was. Is that something you'd be willing to chat with us about? Yeah, of course. So how did that affect your life, number one, but entrepreneurial journey as well? Well, I think that being a young mom, I was, I was like 21 years old. I turned 22 right after my daughter was born. And it was very shocking. No one I knew had a child. I was the only one out of kind of my friend group my age that had a baby. And so it was very lonely. And it also prevented me from doing any university or college. Mm. So I just had to go out and, and do it. And through EI, I ended up taking a, a course to be like a an executive assistant. Okay. And that's where I learned PowerPoint and, and how to type letters, how to type resumes and stuff. And um, that's when I started my side hustle. And it was a necessity because <laughs> right. I wasn't making very good money in the initially in the beginning. And even for CKY TV, I would go out on the weekends and I would sign people up for what was called the Viewers Club. And I'd sit at ultra cuts locations and get people to sign up. And that was just extra. That was a little side hustle, extra cash coming in. I was always trying to figure out like, it's not going to be handed to me. So how do I go get it? Right. And it just kept expanding into other things and being resourceful. That's amazing. Yeah. So that's a lot. Uh, We got into a lot about your past. What's Angie passionate about right now? What are you looking to do in the future or excited about or, you know, some of the goals? Yeah, no, I'm really, really excited about Michael's book. So Michael Redhead Champagne has a book coming out called We Need Everyone. We Need Everyone. It's a children's book. It's for ages two to six. But honestly, it's a book for everyone. It's about finding your gift and sharing your gift. And it talks a lot about how you can use your gift. It's a beautiful, beautiful book. And it's been four years in the making. And it's finally coming out in January uh, of next year. So we're just about to kind of get into the, the major promo of it. And he is such a bright light. 
I love working Mm. with him. So I'm looking at ways that we can expand the reach, what else we can do with this book. We are doing a promotion where you can you can buy a book and then donate a book Ooh. or donate as many books as you want. So we have a PO box <laughs> that people can send books to and we're going to get them to to kids that wouldn't be able to afford to buy a book. Um, we're going to get some books up north into northern communities, um, to indigenous communities. And really, that's our mission with the book is to get it in the hands of as many kids as possible. Of course, like it's exciting. nice to, to sell books, but our mission is how are we going to get books to the kids that can't can afford it and isn't, so awesome. and isn't accessible. So we're going to be working with a couple of the airlines that go up north that have oh. already said that they're going to fly them up for free. And oh, that's so amazing. I'm very excited about the journey that we're about to go on with the book and you know, I declared the road to Jimmy Fallon on uh, February 23rd of 2023. And yeah. that's it. Like we're going to, we're going to be on Jimmy Fallon. That's, I'm just declaring. You're that. putting it out I there. I don't know how we're going to get there, but I believe we're going to get there. I think Jimmy Fallon's going to love his book because he's written a couple children's books. And I think this is going to be right up his alley. So that's awesome. Yeah. And maybe there'll be an animated series. Maybe there'll be a, a, a like an anthem song that'll go along with the book. Like we like That's the so sky's fun. the limit. And there's uh, some sneaky indigenous teachings in there that Michael put in. He's Cree. And in Cree, they're the star people. So when you find your gift, when the kids find their gifts, they get a star that floats uh-huh. around them. So we, I think, you know, we'd love to make star like beanie bag yeah yeah we'd like to make stuffies with michael's cat sushi who's also featured in the book and yeah so that's that's it like i if i could just work with michael all the time and it would it would uh pay the bills that's what i'd like to do but in (laughs) the meantime we're doing other kind of doing some fun stuff we're working with a hospital right now um, on their gala for their foundation. That's um, and it's the hospital where both my husband and I ended up going when mm. he, he also had a big health scare a couple years before I did. And so it just, the universe is magic that way. Like yeah, absolutely. A gala in a number of years. And the one gala that came to us was for the hospital that um. both of our lives. So it's pretty magical that yeah, that is magical. opportunity to work on that. So that's so and cool. who knows? I mean, you know, I have always been super shy and have lived my life behind the scenes, but it feels like I'm being pulled into the light, kicking and screaming. <laughs> I normally w- would have said no to doing podcasts, and now this is my second one yeah. in a couple of weeks. So thank the first you one that. was Jessica Dumas's. So you guys have to go over there and listen the Confidence yeah. and Communication podcast, which is one that we produce, which and that's is also where- a great connection, right? Yeah. Amazing. I love Jessica, but she was also your episode with Jessica. You were talking a lot about your journey with entrepreneurship as well. Yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah. And just kind of my, that. it was more my journey, my, my journey outside of entrepreneurship mm. that kind of gave me all the skills Yeah. to kind of make me, uh, to make me prepared for you know, this, this journey in entrepreneurship. Oh, I love it. We'll make sure to link that episode down below. So if you guys want more of Angie, you can head over there, but I love, <laughs> love that you're listening to that pull. That's kind of bringing you forward. Right. And in front. And I, and I think that, that there's, 
something very beautiful about believing in magic, you know, and as much as it can sound corny, like, I don't know, like, it's the more I believe in it, the more magical things happen, literally. And if you if you don't believe it, nothing magical is going to happen to you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I've, I've lived it and it's my Instagram is it's Angie magic. And, you know, after the encouragement of some of my friends to change it to that, because I just, I make things happen and I, and they always call it Angie magic. And I think it's just my belief that things are possible. It's so cool. And just kind of on that note, when, uh, when we met through Amanda, Amanda hired me to do breath work at Angie's house for her birthday. And I put together this little breath work package with some letters and stuff like that, which is what I always do. And I literally called it Amanda and Angie's magic without having any idea who Angie even was or what her Instagram page was or anything like that. So it just little divine things like that happen. If yeah. you're in tune with the universe, God, whatever you want to call it, like magic, it's all, in my opinion, one, one, some kind of something. <laughs> yeah, I, I a thousand percent agree with you, Natalie. And like, when you walked in, I was like, I was having a really hard day and a, and a hard few months because it was so, so busy, busier than I'd ever been. I Maybe not ever, but busy, the busiest that I'd been since my stroke. Yes. Yeah. And it was exploring my capacity at this stage. Right. Um, and I was looking forward to a quiet night with Amanda. I'm like, who's at my door? You know? <laughs> and I thought it was Amazon or something. So I said, oh, usually they just drop the package and go. And and then um, you popped in and you're just like, so cute. Your hair is in braids. And you're like, hi. And I was like, hi. Who are you? <laughs> but then it was like the most beautiful thing that I that I and I that I needed in that moment and the breathwork session that we did was magic and mm. you made me this beautiful playlist of some of my favorite music and it felt so so special to be seen mm. and honored in that way by you and Amanda and yeah, it's just, it's that kind of stuff that I was lacking in my life yeah. before my stroke. Same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. it's the stuff that gets me through now, whether it's yeah. breath work or sound baths or, you know, meditation, retreat, full moon ceremony, yeah. you know, all of that work that like is unearthing, yeah. you know, the stuff that needs to come out that yeah. really when we hold in makes us sick. Literally, I just got full body chills because it's so true that there's like, especially in today's society, it's like, just hold it in, keep strong, keep going, keep hustling. You'll get there. You're, you could do it. But it's those moments, the breath work, the meditation, the sound baths where it's like, you're alone with yourself. Yeah. And it takes a certain kind of strength to be able to do that, to be alone with yourself. And when you first start that journey, gosh, is there a lot to uncover and unpack and to work through, but it is so beautiful on the other end where you're now doing the breathwork sessions and having like happy moments. Like I've had a breathwork session where I was just like laughing my ass off the entire time, just like full of bliss, but it took, I don't know, 50 breathwork sessions of bawling my eyes out to get there. Right. Because there's so much trauma in our bodies causing us to be sick. Like 
And it's going to show up in one way or another if we don't start taking care of ourselves. And that doesn't mean only face masks and bubble baths, you know, the self-care that's trending now. Yeah. It's It goes deeper than that. Yeah. And, and you know, I always believe I'm like, oh, I'll go get my nails done. That's self-care. Yeah. And it is. It is. It makes you feel nice getting your hair done, getting your nails done, having a facial, you know, that all feels really nice. And we need and, it too. <laughs> and we need it too. But yeah, you're right. Like it has to go beyond that. And yeah. I was just like, if I don't think about it, I can just push through, push through, push through. And um, body says you no. Know, before my before I had my stroke about five years before, I also had a nervous breakdown oh. and had to take six months off of work. And yeah. that was like my that was my body saying, Hey girl. Yeah. And you know what I did? Once I was better, I went back to the same bullshit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 guess what happened? My body said, No, 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 no. Exactly. This time and I'm gonna be louder. And, and took me out even harder. Yeah. And I always kind of bragged that my superpower was my capacity to work mm-hmm. so much and you know, work 14 hour days, 18 hour days. There were days where I worked 24 hour days and I was so proud of that. Yeah. I had this amazing capacity, but you know what? Nobody can do that forever. Exactly. And eventually it took me out and, and I had to like really have a big conversation with myself. Sit sit yourself down. (laughs) Sit myself down and say like, your ability to work all these crazy hours doesn't create your worth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can accomplish more by doing less. And it's hard to, to, yeah, when you're an overachiever like that, it's hard to slow down when you know you quote unquote have capacity for more. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, and I'm at a point in my life where I'm not wealthy, but I'm all right. And my kids are grown, you know, my daughter's 28 now and my son's 24 and, Uh or sorry, my daughter's 29 and my son's 24. My granddaughter's seven, you know, and it's just like life just flows a little easier now. Yeah. I turned 50 last year, so I'm 51 now. And I just find that I don't have the same amount of work Mm. on my plate in my life. You know, I'm not running kids. Right. It's not just the business, you know, like doing all those other things and sitting on the community center board and doing all the things, the school, you know, and not having, you know, the financial commitments that kind of come with that. Right. And so now I can even be pickier about how much work we take on, you know, and, and there was a point, you know, and I talked about this with Jessica Dumas too. You know, there is a point where it's like, okay, this doesn't feel right, but like, maybe I should take it because I have kids to feed. Right. You know, and Mm -hmm. I'm going to get through it. And the great thing about this work is it's contract work. And so I can choose at the end of a contract to take it on again, or they may choose not to work with us again. And that's fine too. But if, you know, I love it and it, we're in sync, then I can do it again and again. And then if I feel burnt out by it, I can release it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and there's some contracts that we work, we work for like four or five years, six years. And then we just feel like we're kind of done and we need to kind of, you know, move on to something else. Yeah. And we bring on, you know, subcontractors to work with us, 
for different things. And we've just kind of hit a groove with our business that really works for us. That's so cool. We've had staff at different times throughout the kind of life journey of our business. And our full-time, one full-time staff uh, moved away, uh, left and moved away to go work in Toronto at a record label. And my husband and I looked at each other and we're like, do we want to downsize a little bit and instead of replacing him and he is irreplaceable Mm -hmm. shout out to Morgan Coates (laughs) (laughs) one of my favorite people on the planet and uh, he's doing very very well he's living in LA now working for a record label it's amazing yeah he's he's a he's a shiny star but um yeah and so we we had to think about that and like okay maybe we just downsize a little bit and And that's what we've done. And, you know, we'll bring people on again, like, as we, you know, we, we kind of expand during event times, Mm -hmm. business, and then it shrinks in between. So it's just, we've got a great pool of people that have worked for us over the years. And um, yeah, yeah, it just, uh, we've, we've definitely uh, hit our stride, I think. I love it. I love it. So blessed to have this conversation with you. One last question that's kind of percolating in my mind is you mentioned kind of what's next for you for work. What's next for you in your life? What are you excited about as a, as a human? Travel, 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 travel and concerts. That's my passion. I love going to see shows. I have a long list of stuff coming up. I'm seeing Blue Rodeo uh, on the 15th of August. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, seeing uh, the Foo Fighters in... And that's your yeah. favorite? That's my favorite band of all time. So yeah, I'm going to see them. And then I'm going to see Aerosmith in uh, Minneapolis Amazing. in November. We're seeing Bruce Springsteen. Uh, I'm seeing Dermot Kennedy here. I think we might go see the Chicks. <laughs> I'm you know, so excited for that yeah, one. <laughs> but I also just scored tickets to see Taylor Swift in November. My husband and I are taking my daughter and my granddaughter. That's going to be so fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's really awesome. So for those of you that are listening, listening to the podcast, I guess all of you are listening because we're not doing video anymore, but Angie has, you could probably see in one of the real clips, all of, I don't know how many, I can't even guesstimate how many CDs you have behind you. And then we have a bunch of vinyl and Hundreds, probably at least. Oh yeah, at least. Yeah, yeah. so many. So definitely music fan. <laughs> and our whole house is full of posters and lithographs from concerts. I love it. That list, signed various signed pieces. I have a signed Michael Bublé ping pong paddle because he loves ping pong. Um. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool. That's you know? so and fun. We've we've traveled to see the Rolling Stones in Barcelona, Rio de Janeiro, um, Minneapolis, um, Toronto, Montreal. That's we've so awesome. uh, we've my husband is is the world's biggest Rolling Stones fan. So and, and I, it's I, so I cool that you get to because of him. That's so cool that you get to do that together and like have those passions and not be held down by a nine to five that he has that you have to schedule two weeks around. And yeah, yeah, we can kind of just go. Yeah. Most of our work is remote and um, we do have event days, Mm -hmm. but um, yeah, a lot of these things are a year out. So if we know and a contract comes up and we're like, sorry, we're going to see the Rolling Stones in Barcelona. (laughs) (laughs) 
So and I never people. thought that I would be here. You know, I always dreamed of being here and traveling, but I also grew up with a single mom and, mm. you know, we didn't have much. And so I had big dreams and yeah, it's just, it's wow. crazy to think about the people that Dave and I have met. He rode in a limo with James Brown. That's amazing. I, I got to meet James Brown. We've met, you know, Alec Baldwin, John Cleese. Uh, just like the list goes on. I've met a ton of Canadian celebrities. I, I had a, an amazing conversation with Michael Bublé at the Junos one year. Yeah, it's just, it's very cool. I met Jim Cuddy a bunch of times, but to go to his at late after hours jam at the Junos, which is the best part of the Junos, I think. That's so a bunch awesome. of musicians, musicians will show up and with their guitars or instruments and um, just jam out to whatever songs, you know, and it's just like, is this That's real so cool. life? Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. I'm just so lots happy. of very cool experiences. You know, I've That's got so to amazing. meet so many of my favorites. And um, there's a few still on my wish list, including Mr. Dave Grohl. I love but, it. You know, I am, I believe in magic. Exactly. <laughs> I believe in magic. Well, that's a testament to like you put your head down and you work, but also like look up and take care of your body and you will get to where you want to be, right? It's not one or the other. It's you can still get there and go through things in life that set you back a bit. I yeah. Yeah. I, and taking care of my body hasn't always been a priority either for me. But uh, since my stroke, um, I'm definitely a lot physically stronger. I do Aquafit and yoga and you know again go through phases with it but Mm -hmm. I feel at my best when I'm doing those things right exactly exactly last but not least the red carpet is yours so where can they find you if they want more info about Michael's book or they just want to follow you I know you said your Instagram what do you got going on well my website is talktopop.com michaelredheadchampagne.com it's Angie Magic on Instagram I also have Talk to Pop on Instagram and at North End, North End MC on all social media platforms for Michael Redhead Champagne. So I love it. Thank you so much. Thank yeah, you. And thank all of you those will be. Thank you. All those will be listed in the show notes below. We loved having you. I loved your story Yay. and I appreciate you. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time. And uh, it's been so wonderful to get to know you. You're the best. Remember, dream big. It's possible for you and your next version of success is around the corner. Mm-hmm.